All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we've got Andrea Vasquez in this interview. She's actually our first full scholarship award winner. So if you're interested in scholarships, it's a really good interview. Also, she's in France. She's in the south of France. We get into that. And she's learning French. So language learning, scholarships in France, all that stuff is in this interview. It's a really good one. And I apologize because I had a little bit of a cold when we were recording it. So enjoy and let me know if you have any questions at the end. All right, thanks. The three biggest reasons only 10% of students study abroad. They're afraid of being homesick, they don't think it's safe, and the number one reason people don't study abroad is cost. We're here to dispel all that, find out exactly how that 10% crafted their study abroad journey, and how you can too. I'm Chris Carlton, and this is the Study Abroadcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Study Abroadcast. Chris Carlton here with Andrea Vasquez from Soka University, and she is coming to us from France today. She was nice enough to give us a few minutes to tell us about her journey. Andrea, thank you very much for being here, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me. Oh, you're welcome. You're very welcome. Uh, and what? so what part of France are you in right now? Right now, I'm in Aix-en-Provence, France, in the southern region of France. Okay, and you're there for the semester, right? This fall semester? Yes, yes okay. I'm from until December. Okay, perfect. And so when you were getting started and you were thinking about studying abroad, what was the path you took? So how did you basically, how did you decide you wanted to do it? And when did you decide you wanted to do it? And then how did you decide on France? So in my school, it's actually a requirement for all of us to study abroad. But that was one of the reasons why I actually decided to go to that school. And so since my freshman year, I decided kind of what place to go to because we have four languages. We have French, Spanish, Japanese, and Chinese. So from that, we get to choose our language and as the years go by, decide where we want to study abroad that, um, in a place that speaks the language we're studying. Okay. Right. So, yeah. So I decided to well, choose so, French. So, so let me jump in. So, guys. So, as as I've learned actually since doing the podcast, France or France isn't the only country that speaks French. No. So, so, yeah, the, so you do have options. Yeah, we do have options. So in my school, we have Senegal and we have France. And in France, we have several options. Um, we have Aix-en-Provence, where I'm studying, we have Paris, we have Grenoble, we have Strasbourg, and we have Rennes. So we have a few options, even if you don't want to study in Senegal, you have France, and from there, you can also choose what city you want to go to. Okay, and then tell me about the program you're using. Are you, is it a third-party program? Are you doing an exchange? Are you doing any internships? Tell me about that. Yeah, so it's through a program. The program is called CA, and uh, this program, my program director back in the States got in contact with and they've had a kind of a relationship with throughout the years, and they've helped me like find a host family. They've helped me kind of get to know the region a little bit more through excursions and through activities. Okay, perfect. So... And then were you able to apply for any scholarships or grants before you left? 
I was. The CEA um, program has several scholarships that you can apply to. I unfortunately wasn't able to receive that, but um, I paid directly to my school, and in my school I was able to receive a full scholarship this year. So that has made it a lot easier to be able to have my own money to travel without worrying about paying extra. Wait, so when you say a full scholarship, do you mean like everything's paid for? Yes. Oh my god, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Because, so in my school, um, since study abroad is a requirement, it's yeah. part of the tuition. And I happen to get a honor scholarship for grades and plus a $2,000 stipend for food. And that has really, 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 really helped me. Oh, especially in France. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm in one of the most expensive cities, so the um, food stipend has really come in handy because each meal sometimes is about minimum 10 euros, so <laughs> it's a bit. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, – yeah, uh, yeah, no, I know. That's um, – and you don't really want to go to McDonald's while you're in France, obviously. Or... <laughs> yeah. So, Okay. And uh, wait, let me, do they do they even have McDonald's in France? I feel like like the entire country of France like bans McDonald's for some reason. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it fits with the country. I'm I'm sure they do, but uh, yeah. Okay. And, there is uh, a McDonald's, even yeah. a Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. Now, well, now we're not talking because that's not what you want to eat when you're in France. But okay, uh, and then before you left, did you have any fears or reservations or doubts prior to leaving? I'm I'm assuming this is the first time you've lived outside of the country, or outside of the United States. No, but I had quite a few. Um, I mean, the main thing is I had only been taking French for two years, so there's just the fear of even ordering a pizza and being judged, and from the get go, people knowing that you know I wasn't French that. I don't live here. Um, so it, it was just basically that, fearing that and not being able to communicate fully in everything I wanted. Basically, um, kind of not resorting back to being a kid, but in a few ways, just being able to have only the sentence structures of a kid. <laughs> so that was a really big fear because I thought I wouldn't be able to connect with people, to make friends and that would make me really sad. Um, but, I mean, those are still fears that I have now from time to time. But it's definitely improved since before I left. Okay, yeah, good. I'm sure a lot of the people that I talk to, they say, like, I, that's a question I ask everyone is what fears or doubts do you have? And then a lot of them say that none of them ended up coming to fruition. So it's like they were just worrying for nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so tell me about your – so I, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with CEA, but tell me about the living situation that you have. Who, Where are you living? Um, did they give you options as to where you could live? And then of those options, what did you choose? Are you with a host family? Are you in an apartment, in a dorm with other students? Tell me about that. So we had three options. So we had kind of a dorm-style apartment, um, and then we had where, where a lot of students live. Then yeah. you also are able to choose an apartment um, portion. Not a lot of people actually in our program, I don't think really anybody in the program has chosen that. Um, they connect you with other people, and you have roommates who are also usually um, studying abroad or one or two maybe people who actually live here in France and are students. 
Um, and the third option is a host family, and I actually decided to go with the host family. Okay. Oh, perfect. And do you have any other roommates with your host family, or is it just you? No, it's just me. All right. And um, and then, yeah, that'll help you with the language, too. That's that's the best yeah. part about living with a host family, right? No, it's definitely – It. I think it was one of the best, at least for me, options to actually improve my French because from the get-go, she spoke uh, – my host mom spoke to me only in French, and that was a little bit intimidating at first, but after even, like, 20 minutes – I got accustomed to it, and I felt a lot more relaxed, even prior to going to school, and just because I was able to have that. And I was able, and with a host family, you have someone here who lives here that you can ask questions to about traveling, about going to the doctor, about anything. So there, it's really nice to have a host family. Now, you said she only spoke French to you. Does she speak English at all, or was she just speaking French with you to try to get to, you to learn the language? <laughs> She does speak um, English, but it's only uh, French okay, so, yeah, to be able to, yeah, to for me to actually practice. And what is a what does a breakfast look consist of in the morning? I know they're big on breakfast. What do they what do they cook for you in the morning for breakfast? So actually, in the mornings, I, it's usually more of a make your own kind of meal option. So you eat either some toast and jam, some yogurt, yep. things like that. So very, it's a very light breakfast, at yep. least here in my situation and yeah you can just like choose yourself what you would like to eat okay and um so now since since living in france how has it how has studying abroad changed your view of the world and wait you said this wasn't your first time living in a different country what other countries have you lived in so i so i'm originally actually from mexico but i moved to the u.s when i was very young but i still go visit like for the entirety of the summer, so I'm um, I'm in Mexico every summer. Oh really? Yeah. That's so cool. Where in Mexico do you go back to? Um, it's Cocula. It's in Jalisco. So you're gonna so you're kind of gonna be a triple threat with the languages. <laughs> yeah. Done, huh? <laughs> yes. Uh, that's one of my goals is to hopefully by the maybe not by the end of this, but um, definitely after this going on the route to becoming trilingual nice yeah that'll definitely help with your job search yeah no <laughs> and wait so you said you're a junior yes i'm a junior what what are you what are you what are you majoring on then i am a majoring in international studies okay oh <laughs> yeah that makes sense and it's yeah. a requirement <laughs> so it's a requirement so wait so tell us about soca because soca is a small school right is does soca stand for anything is that an acronym for something, or is it just Soka University? And where is it? And tell me, tell us about Soka a little. Okay, so there's this is the part that most people are a little bit um, kind of surprised by. We're only about four hundred undergraduate undergraduate students actually. Um, and we have a really big endowment, which is really nice because most people I would like to say I'm not really sure on the exact statistic, but about ninety percent or more probably ha are on a scholarship. Either full scholarship, um, half a scholarship or just some sort of financial aid. And what SOCA stands for is for creating value. And it's a, actually a Japanese term. We have a sister school in in Japan, actually. And um, 
Our school, our school's mission is to foster a steady stream of global citizens um, who want to live a contributive life, basically. Um, so a big component of that is being able to study abroad and to learn more about people's cultures, to get more of an understanding of their world in order to become a global citizen. Wow. So, yeah, I, I can definitely see how it's a requirement for the students there to study abroad. 400 undergrads? Yeah, it's, it's a quite small school. Just, do you know how many graduate students there are? That's like 400. Like, I, I've had classes where the classes were 400 people. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's really nice because our the average class size, I think the biggest class size I've had is probably about 20 students, but I've had classes that are only about six students. No, yeah, sure. Yeah, um, we do have a graduate also, but it, the graduate school, it's only about, I want to say, 15 to 20 students, so it's also not really big. Uh-huh. And, and now tell me about the classes that you're taking in France. So where do you take them? And then what are the classes like there? Are they harder? Are they easier? Are they are they bigger, smaller? I'm assuming they're bigger than the ones that, that are <laughs> people. But tell me about the classes over there. And who, and who are you going to school with? What are their students? Is it all American students? Or is it students from all over the world? So I go to school in Aix-Marseille University here in Aix and am specifically in, it's called Souffle, which is this like, um, it's a university service for French acquisitions for like people who are coming in from abroad. And my class size, we're about 20 and it's actually, it's quite a mix of people. I have someone from Sudan, someone from Bulgaria, um, one American, one Canadian, um, someone from, two girls from Japan, some girls from Vietnam, from Korea. There's, it's so diverse. And the age range is also from 18 years, which is the youngest, to I want to say maybe in the 40s. So it's quite a different experience from the one I had back home. Wow. Okay. That's, yeah, usually, usually when I talk to people, it's all students from somewhere but i th this is the first well not the first one but where it's students from all over the country and or all over the world and and the, and the classes are in english i'm assuming or no they're the, are just in french <laughs> so you're taking classes in french so your french must be pretty good yeah well um we have different levels so a1 which is kind of beginner a2 you're still a beginner but it's a little bit more advanced b1 which is where i'm in your intermediate um b2 is that more advanced class okay and wait which one which one did you say you're in i'm in b1 you're in b1 oh, I, okay. yeah i was in b1 plus which is a slightly higher intermediate class but i decided to switch down slightly because um, a lot of the people who were in my B1 plus class had been living here in France for a few years, had French families, and it was a little bit intimidating coming from a background of only two years in studying French. Wait, so you, you've only studied Fran French for two years and you're already taking classes in, in France in French? Yes. Well, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. What, are the, what, what, what kind of classes are you taking? So every day I have a language course, which is just language, um, which is French language, grammar, reading, speaking, everything for three hours. Okay. And then I so have... So that makes sense that that's in France. 
that or that's yeah. French, right? But like, are you taking like a like a science class in French, for example? So there's a few electives, and those electives vary depending on the level you're in. And um, for me, so we have options like French writers, writing techniques, uh, reinforcement of writing. Um, so it focuses a lot more on grammar and reading. So the one, the elective that I'm taking is technique, techniques of writing, which focuses just on writing. So it's basically a continuation of my language course. Okay, so okay, so they're pretty much they're language courses for the most part, yeah. right? Okay, language and culture courses. And I, I forget what was the name of the college again. It's called Ex Marseille. Uh, it's the University of Ex Marseille in X, but the institution itself where I'm studying is Souffle, um, S U F L E, and that's just for like people who are coming here from abroad who are learning French. Okay. And uh, what um, are you, do are any of the regular like the traditional students that go there are they in any classes with you or are you just with all the international students? So at CA there's two branches so you can either do full immersion which is kind of what I'm doing and go to that university so I have other people in my electives who are just also studying abroad here and they also have IAU which is the American University here in X. And in that one, you do take English courses in addition to like one or two French courses. Okay, but you're you're doing the full immersion one, right? Yeah, I'm doing the full immersion. Mm -hmm. Okay, and um, now have you have you traveled anywhere outside of France or to any different cities in France, and or do you plan on going to anywhere else while you're there? Yeah, yeah. So um, in France here. With our program, we've traveled within the region of Provence. So just kind of like really small villages like Le Marron, Ach, um, and then up there in Toulouse. And then during um, a week off that I had, I went to Spain. And in Spain, I went to Valencia, Madrid, Bilbao. And then I went to Dublin in Ireland, actually. And I'm going to Valencia this weekend. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's exciting. Val Valencia. And do, are you going to go on, do you have any other plans? Or is it just, are they, are, are, your weekends are mostly free. That's when everyone does the traveling in Europe, I know, right? Yeah, I don't have classes on Fridays, so it makes it really easy to travel the weekend. Yeah, nice. And is there anything crazy that's happened to you so far? Like anything, like a funny travel story or a, like a epic travel story? Anything like that that's happened so far? Um, I don't know if I call it epic. I've had a few more so frustrating <laughs> travel stories or just experiences. Do tell, uh, yeah. That's no, everyone <laughs> like, has one. So what what is yours? Seriously, so have, everyone it's happened to everyone so far. So I have I have two. One of them is in a travel more so um shopping experience here in France and the other one is my traveling experience. So it's actually um to get here. Because I was before coming to my program, I was I spent a week in Croatia and then a week in Bulgaria, and so from Bulgaria I took a um, a plane to uh, Nice in France, and from there I took a I forget I think it's seven hour bus ride to um, X, and we were put in the we arrived at the wrong station. And we didn't have any service, so we couldn't come into contact with um, 
with the contact person we, who was going to pick us up. And we couldn't really find our way home because our GPS wasn't working. And so we just kind of ended walking around, roaming around. And this was our first time in France. We hadn't spoken a lot of French throughout the summer. So it was trying to communicate really poorly and in, in broken French to people about getting um, getting to a place with Wi-Fi so we could at least come into contact. Right. We got on the bus. We got into town. Um, we went to th four different, like, places, a coffee shop, a restaurant, and none of them, like, in the – and then we went to university, and none of them had access to Wi-Fi. So we're here, uh. by quite lost. Um, end up asking a few students, but realized that in order to access Wi-Fi, you need a, like a login and a password. But we don't have that, even though that's technically our university where we were looking for Wi-Fi. Uh. And we ended up going to the library, asking this person there, and hoping he could understand. He spoke a little bit of English, so kind of with our broken French and his English, we were able to communicate a lot more. And from there, we were able to actually walk to our host um, families because it just happened that we were right down the road from where they lived. We were just so lost. Oh, no. Yeah. No, you'd but, be surprised. If you listen to any of the other interviews on the show, like every everyone uh, – has something it's a it's i i tell people right now it's a rite of passage to yeah for something to go wrong uh so yeah thank you yours is right on par with everyone else's so don't worry about that and uh i so now you're in france right and mm -hmm. what uh what food what's your favorite food that you've been able to try so far that you haven't been able to get in the united states or mexico <laughs> Uh, food yes. here? Yes, the French food. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess for me, it has been a combination of just kind of staples of being able to go to the bakery and buy like fresh bread, then go to the market, buy fresh like fruits, fresh vegetables, get some cheese, and the best of all is being able to buy and consume really cheap and really great wine. <laughs> that for me has been kind of the best thing about this experience <laughs> that's what i've heard too it's like it's like a two liter bottle of soda right yeah it's yeah. so cheap to buy a bottle of wine and it's so good <laughs> yeah it's okay so that's yeah well the french is the france is, i think is arguably the best wine in the world so yeah well yeah okay so that uh that kind of covers all the bases so just not necessarily the food but just like um just the the I don't know how to put it, but the subtleties or the the culture of, of getting the food and drinking the food, and I'm like I'm sure you're drinking wine f with dinner now and even even with lunch. Uh, I don't know maybe if you do with lunch, but it's just it's it's completely different, right? They drink they drink wine with pretty much almost every meal except breakfast. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, and um, one thing that I found really cool is you can go to a coffee shop and they also serve wine. So it's in the middle of the day. You get to choose if you want a cup of coffee, if you want to get some wine. And it's really nice because unlike, you know, if you go to your local Starbucks back in the States where everybody's kind of working and there's some people hanging out, 
um, more so, at least here, it's people just kind of having a break and relaxing and having a drink. And that I've really, and like people watching, and that I've really enjoyed. It's really quite nice to just be able to kind of sit down, have a conversation with people, and just people watch. Yeah. And no, that's much for having a glass of wine at like, you know, mid afternoon. <laughs> yeah. And it's nice. Yeah. You're not, no, it's, it's perfectly fine. Um, and uh uh let's see here what do you know how big the city you're in is right now uh i can look up kind of it's it's not a huge city it's about uh i want to say it's about 140,000 roughly i think yeah, it's just some more like mid-sized city. Eh? No, yeah, that's it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's perfect. How far away from Paris is it? It's a bit far away, but depending on how. So there's this really cheap company. It's called WeGo, and if you look ahead in, with time and you plan it well, you can get some really cheap tickets. Um, the cheapest I think I've found is like. Probably uh, 30 euros, if not less. But if you don't buy it with time, and especially if you happen to miss that um, train, it's a high-speed train, it can be about 200. Um, So it it really depends. But if you search with time, it's like about 20 minutes. It's about like 20 to 30 euros. And if I remember correctly, it was about a three to four hour. So it's not bad at all. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'm sorry. These are flights you're talking about or trains? So it's trains. So like the train's about more like a five to six hour. Um, if you do a car ride, if you happen to have a car with you, it's about um, eight hours, seven, seven hours, about so um I haven't done a bus. I haven't done a flight, but there's um there's actually um an airport pretty close by. It's in Marseille, and that's can, you can probably find pretty cheap tickets from Paris to Marseille. Okay, perfect. Yeah, and I'm sure you will, or you, if you haven't already, you're, you're going to. Yeah. <laughs> and do you um what what advice would you give to someone who's maybe on the bubble about studying abroad and thinking about it and not really sure if they should or not? I think they should go for it. Um, I think one of the biggest things that sometimes stops you from traveling abroad is money. Um, so really just going, if you're going with a program, looking up because they offer a lot of times stipends for traveling. They offer scholarships. So as soon as you have like a program looking for that, if you're going through a school, um, through your own school, looking at scholarships from your own school, at any scholarship you can, because there's a lot of um, programs and things like that online that you can find that offer really great scholarships. And that can really help you out a little bit. And if you know a little bit ahead of time, what I did was I did work the whole summer to save a little bit, um, just to travel, but. No, yeah, that's, that's really smart to do. People, yeah, you yeah. Need, you need, it's definitely something you need to budget for because you can talk about saving and studying or traveling efficiently, but 
the bottom line is you're going to spend a little more just because like people spend more when they're traveling and then you're not working at the same time on top of that. Yeah. So it, it is something that you need to save for. So you need to get any, every last penny you can get as far as scholarships go and grants, which you mm-hmm. did. And even yeah. and, and then you still saved on top of that. So yeah, more power to you. When do you, when are you planning yeah. on coming home? So I'm planning on coming home on the 21st. So school ends for me on the 15th. And from there, um, uh, traveling to Paris for a few days and then returning um, home. I was planning on staying here for Christmas, but my family wants me to be home for Christmas. Right. So I want to be able to stay here. Yeah. yeah. And do you do you have any recommendations for the audience as far as like a book maybe that you've read that touched you or like an app or, or blog or something like that? So for me, um, when I get really homesick, especially around here, I really like to look at news and especially New York Times and the BBC. There's this website also, it's called Happify, H-A-P-P-I-F-Y. And it has a lot of things about like mental health, breaking old patterns. And it's really important, especially when you're kind of by your own. Um, during study abroad. And then if you want to look at programs and also look at blogs, um, Go Overseas is really cool because they have reviews of basically every program, every internship you can do abroad. And they also have some tips and some um, blogs about traveling, which are, have come um, really in handy. So, Okay, yeah, I'll definitely put that in your show notes. Uh, and then finally, is there... Uh, do you have a favorite quote you want to share with everyone? Favorite quote. Okay. I have one from Paulo um, Coelho, and it says, you have to take risks. We will only understand the miracle of life fully when we allow the unexpected to happen. And I think that's really important in study abroad. It's just going for things sometimes. Like if you kind of just have an idea to travel somewhere, just kind of planning it, but not being afraid to go away from the itinerary, travel somewhere nobody has traveled to, and also just letting the unexpected happen and not really getting frustrated over it. Like I happened to, I lost my camera um, during my trip and that was really frustrating, but it transformed into a whole experience dealing with shopping online in France and buying a new camera. And so that's, kind of the beauty of study abroad too is being able to just kind of live in the unexpected yeah it sounds like another one of those unfortunate travel stories <laughs> you get many but you also have really wonderful memories so it evens out yeah no thank you and is there is there anything else that you want to add that's all that's all i've got i well it's a lot of it's doing research making sure if you're going to go study abroad, that you really want to go to that place that you're thinking of. Um, talking to people who have gone there, looking online at blogs, at the programs to make sure that's the right fit for you. So you're not ending up frustrated. Um, if it's in a language you don't know, just kind of not being afraid to go for it, even if you make mistakes, even if some people chuckle. It's usually not out of malice, but, you know, you're saying something wrong, so for that them it's quite different. But most people 
are really, really nice, especially if you do your best with another language and they'll help you out a lot. And that's how you improve. And that's how you also not just improve your language skills, but you make more friends that way if instead of just kind of being afraid and keeping to yourself. So it's, that's something that I like to add. <laughs> Perfect. Well, yeah. Uh, thank you, Andrea. Thank you very much for being here. Guys, uh, let us know how we're doing in the comments. Uh, send me an email. Leave comments on Andrea's post and any other post that you're interested in. I respond to everything. Andrea, thank you very much for being here, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, Chris. All right. Perfect. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to check out all the really neat infographics on the rest of the posts as well as the interviews. There's a lot of good information. You should also download Studying Abroad 201. I really recommend it if you need kind of a fire lit under your ass for studying abroad and you need some motivation. It crafts my journey and exactly what I did. Also, you, we can email you new interviews or you can connect with us on social media. All right, thanks a lot.